Hello, everyone. Welcome to a fresh edition of the Rainbow Skyline podcast, a podcast about the Denver Nuggets from your friends at The Athletic. My name is Nick Kosmider. I'm joined by my co-host, Kendra Andrews. We're back for our, our weekly podcast about all things Nuggets. Kendra, how's it going? It's it's going it's going well, hanging in there, just, you know, enjoying some and trying to enjoy some downtime and look at it in a positive light. How about yourself? Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm doing the same thing. Um you know, my, my wife has uh, she started doing this thing on Instagram where she like uh, on her story, like every day, she'll like pick out a few good things. Right. Mm-hmm. Like um, and, and make this story, this story where she puts up like, um, you know, maybe these like flowers that started to bloom in our front yard or like uh, something our kid was doing as a way to just try to yeah. like maintain some positivity through all this. Although today she I, I told her to take this, you know, the picture of this like mustache that I've tried to create here Um <laughs> shaved, left the mustache, given that a try. And, uh, she put that, she put it in her story, but then put like, here's one not good thing. So, <laughs> um, I don't think that she approves. So uh, but I can't be the only one out here growing bad facial no. hair during the quarantine. I'm sure, think. I'm sure a lot of people are kind of, there's, there's some really funny memes going around, especially about like women and coming out of quarantine, their hair roots, because you can't <laughs> get your hair done. Your roots are going to be halfway down. Your nails are going to be grown out. So I think everyone's just kind of letting themselves go a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah, no, yeah, it's exactly. As long as you, as long as you have like, you know, the self-care part of it to where you're like trying to to still eat as well as you can and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, exercise a little bit. I think the rest of it's just like, yeah, let it go. We'll take care of it later. Exactly. (laughs) Take a break from it all. But uh, anyway, we're on on day 13 now um, without basketball as we record this now, March 24th. It's been 13 days since um, the Nuggets season came to an abrupt halt in Dallas, just like the rest of the NBA. Um, and so since the last time we recorded the nugget, the nuggets did reveal that a member of their organization tested positive for the coronavirus. Uh, we don't know whether that was a player or, um, a coach or, or a front office member or something like that. Uh, but they did have a, a positive test within their organization, just as, uh, many organizations have in, in the time since we last recorded. And it's just sort of, I think a, um, you know, a pretty stark reminder of just how widespread this has become. So, um, you know, again, we, we won't dive too deep into all that today other than to just, you know, tell people to continue to continue staying safe and, um, you know, to take care of each other. What I want to get into today, though, Kendra, is, is a couple things that, um, you know, that we both wrote about this past week. Uh, you know, and my my thing I wrote on Sunday is let's let's just imagine a world in which the season just sort of ends right now. Um, and, and it's a possibility. Obviously, I think any of us who care about this game and, um and are around it. We don't, we don't want that to be the scenario, right? We're all hopeful that mm-hmm. we can get back to basketball in some kind of way. But I, I think there has to be at least that acceptance of, of it being a possibility. And so what I wrote was here, the, these five questions that will go unanswered if, if the nuggets don't, if the nuggets don't get to have the rest of their season. And, and a lot of it has to do with the playoffs. I mean, look, when, when you're a team that is trying to continue to build your roster toward being a championship contender, the evaluation of, of your team in the playoffs is critical. Uh, it, it's where you mm-hmm. it's where you really pull pull out the microscope, pull out the fine tooth comb, and, and and create a great understanding of where your weaknesses are, whether those are things that you can address. And you know the Nuggets, regardless of whether the season continues or not, they know they're a good team, right? But they don't know they don't know what they would have. Lo- what they'll gain through the the playoff experience this time around with different opponents than they had last year. Um, mm-hmm. In your mind, what like what what is the thing I guess you would be most disappointed to have not found out 
if this season does not continue? When you when you look at the the numbers of where the Nuggets were when their when the season when the NBA season stopped, they were pretty much right on track with where they were last season. And so something I wanted to know was like I think we can agree that they they were playing better than they did last season, but I wanted to know more about okay, is this team actually better than they were last year? Because again, if you look at the record, if you look at the you know the tra- their trajectory of where they were going to end up. It was all pretty similar. So I kind of wanted to see, okay, how did how much did this team actually improve? And to your point of what you were talking about, the playoffs is a lot of that would have, you know, come with the playoffs. I also wanted to see what Michael Porter Jr.'s role was going to be in the playoffs. Michael Malone said before, if the playoffs started tomorrow, he would be a big role. And then of course, after he said that, we saw kind of a flip between his words and his actions. Uh, with Michael Porter spending a little bit more time on the bench and Tori Craig getting more minutes. So I wanted to see how that would play out. Um, I wanted to see if Gary Harris was going to be able to get out of that bit of a slump that he was in before the season stopped. Um, So I think those were, were a couple of the things I was hoping to find out during the remainder of the season. Yeah, I like I'm not I'm not convinced that the Nuggets were a better team than they were last year. And that to me started to become, I, I think, a concern. You're right in that the Nuggets after 65 games last year had the exact same record, 43 and 22. But mm-hmm. after that game last year, the Nuggets reeled off uh, six wins in a row, seven out of eight. And that really kind of helped them run strong to the finish line as the number two seed. I did not see that kind of run coming for for Denver this year. Now, of course, um, you know, who, who knows? We could have been wrong. But given the schedule that they had, the way that mm-hmm. they were playing, um, I'm not convinced that they that they would have gotten that they would have closed the season in a similar way that they did last year, which means they could have been staring at a situation where. They're really threatening themselves to, to maybe even fall out of that first round home court. I still think they probably would have held on to a top four seed uh, had the season continued all the way through. And But again, I think no matter who they faced in the first round, the, the matchup was going to be so much more difficult than it was a year ago when they played a Spurs team that just didn't have a lot of firepower, uh, ha- had good experience, but but just didn't have a lot of top as much top to bottom talent on their roster as the team that the Nuggets would theoretically face in the first round would this year. So my my thought was just, are they going to be exposed in the first round or, and, mm-hmm. and see that they have to really go back to square one um, in terms of how they build this roster? I think no matter what, this team is always going to be one as long as he's under contract with this team that is built around Nikola Jokic. But how, how many more significant changes do you need to make around the roster? If they go out in the first round, I, I think there's major, major changes that have to occur. And my thought is that that's not an impossibility that that would happen. I, I don't think it's necessarily likely, but I, I, I definitely think that it's something that, that could have happened um, and, and still could happen should they continue the playoffs. Um, or do they do they win a first round series? Then do they play an L.A. team in the second round? And even if they lose, you know, give them a really good fight to make you say, hey, these guys are right there with a team that's loaded with superstars. Um, You know, maybe they can get by with tinkering around the edges and allowing Michael Porter Jr. to develop. Um, So that's why, to me, not having the playoffs, it would be such a uh, such a wild thing because you could potentially be staring, like I said, at two completely different routes that you would take in order to see. Um, what your team has. And in this league, you don't have like a whole season to like 
play back the, you know, to, to play back the string and, and to mm-hmm. kind of do the same thing two years in a row without having that idea of whether it really works or not. And so to me, just the idea of not getting to see, um, how this team as currently constructed would fare in a playoff series against an opponent that was going to be a lot stiffer of a challenge than they faced in the San Antonio Spurs in 2018, or I'm sorry, in 2019. Um, that to me is just such a wild question. And, and so, yeah. I mean, so how do you, if you don't have the playoffs, do you, do you, which, which of those routes do you think you have to take or, or do you go some other way? Yeah. I mean, that's a great point too. Cause especially because when you look at the number of free agents that the nuggets are going to have this year, I think they're going to have seven. You've Paul Millsap, Mason Plumley, Jeremy Grant. He's that player option waiting for him. Uh, Tori Craig, PJ Dozier. You've so many guys who you do have to make a decision of, do we want to fight for these guys? Do we want to bring these guys back? Is it time to move on? And like you said, not having that playoffs to see what those guys can bring and, you know, try out different things. That's going to make it really hard. I I do think that there needs to be some changes. Um, And, you know, it is like you were just saying, it is hard to, to decide how extreme do you want to go with that? I think there are things that they can take away from the regular season that, wouldn't have changed like Jeremy Grant, for example, I think that they need to really try and and lock him down and get him to stay in Denver. And I don't think that at least my opinion on that would have changed uh, throughout the playoffs. I think that I would still be saying the same thing, even if the season was continuing right now. Um, but but some of the other things are are harder to to determine without seeing how everything else would have played out. Yeah, you're right. I, I think Jeremy Grant is going to be a guy that they, no matter how the season plays out, that they'll, they'll make a really hard push at. Uh, and I, my guess is that he'll, he'll resign with the Nuggets. I think after spending an entire year sort of getting used to how to play in this system, uh, I think it suits his talents well. Uh, he's a really good outside. He's, he's proven himself over two full seasons now um, to be a re- really reliable catch and shoot three point shooter. And, and that's that's a role within this team playing alongside Nikola Jokic that gets a lot of run. And uh, I, I just think the way that he developed, particularly as a guy who could um, slide into a few different defensive roles, uh, play with multiple lineups. Uh, he's a guy that that they're going to want to bring back. And I, I think even if they if they make some pretty decent changes overall to this roster, um, he's going to be a part of it because, look, you can't it's not as if you can use him uh, as a as a trade asset because he mm-hmm. is he's an, he's a he's a free agent. So that that's unless it was in some sort of sign and trade deal, um, he's he's not going to be an asset that you use in a trade. So I, I do think that he'll be he'll be brought back. The, the real question for me is, I, as I go into it from where I'm sitting, my thought is. The Nuggets need to add a pretty significant new talent to this team um, mm-hmm. that, that can help them right away. Because, you know, look, I, I think they could have learned a lot from the playoffs, but I, I I think we saw enough in the regular season to know they were not ready to compete against the Lakers and the Clippers. Now, look, we're talking about a, a game that we're playing where you have to have like two elite superstars in order to to play. That That's how the season was playing out this year, right? Like. The, these these superstar duos, well, there there's other ways to get it done as, as we've seen in the past. But I think ultimately that that talent quotient overall has to be higher for the Nuggets. And so, does that mean you you go out and you try to make a trade for a guy like Bradley Beal or Zach Levine or Drew Holiday and, and add one of those guys if it means um, you know losing Gary Harris and that first round pick? Again, I don't think those two things 
are enough. That that's gonna be that's gonna be the real challenge for the Nuggets is you 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 need to upgrade. You need to get another talent. You need to find another star level player, whether it's an all star or a guy that's right at that all star level to add to this team. But how do you get that? Um, you know, without getting rid of your top assets, which for the Nuggets um, is, you know, is, is Jamal Murray, um, who will be entering the first year of his max contract. Um, and then that's also Michael Porter Jr. And that's going to be the inflection point for the Nuggets this summer as what have they decided about him? And so that kind of takes me to the, the next thing. You, you mentioned it a little bit, too, about Michael Porter Jr.'s role in the playoffs. I just look at it as what, what was just his what what has the organization decided overall about what Michael Porter Jr. is going to mean to this team and what he's going to mean to their future and how they want to play that. Um, because if they're, if they're saying that, Hey, we, this, this is a guy that has to be a part of it. We, we continue to believe very much that he can become a star level player sooner rather than later, then perhaps you continue to ride with it. But again, the time, the, the window could be starting to close on some of this stuff. When you, when you talk about other teams also coming along, it's not as if, they're all standing still and Denver gets to kind of slowly climb up. Um, you know, that's just not how it works. So th- those are the things that are fascinating. And, and if there's no playoffs, it's just going to be really interesting to see how the front office decides to tackle all those questions um, with only the data of 65 regular season games to use uh, in that effort. Yeah. I also think moving on with that is not necessarily for the nuggets, but for other people with the draft in general, because so much, so many, you know, probably front offices and scouts and stuff depend on this March madness stretch. That's not going on to figure out exactly who that young talent is that they want, especially for later picks who, who has set themselves apart. And that's something else that no league is getting. Yeah. That's, that's a good point. Like not just the tournament, but also, um, you know, the idea of the, the, is the combine going to happen or, or these, mm-hmm. are these, um, team workouts where prospects fly yeah. all over the country in order to work out for those teams. There's so much that we just don't know about, uh, how, how those things are going to play out. So all we can really do, uh, at this point is speculate, but you're right that that's another, as so that, that on the flip end, I think that's, that's the really, that's the tough spot for those teams that especially have those, um, those top picks just from the perspective of like, there's so much more pressure on getting a pick in the top five, top 10, right. than there is making sure that you land somebody at the 21st pick. But conversely, like you said, it's probably harder to get more information on some of those fringe guys that you're talking about end of the first round, um, to try to determine really who could be a steal at that, mm-hmm. at that section in the draft. So that, that's all, that's all fascinating. I, I think the last thing that, that to me, um, I would really just be disappointed to not get to see, uh, how how it plays out is is really just what kind of what kind of adjustments Michael Malone would make in the playoffs. Uh, last mm-hmm. year there were some things that he did really well. Um, you know, d- making the move to, to take Will Barton out when he was struggling. He put Torrey Craig in defensively, and I thought he and Gary Harris kind of turned that series around against the Spurs. Um, you know, th- there were some things that maybe he would have wanted back, which which maybe was. Um, you know, running Jokic a little bit too ragged in the second second round series, um, which ultimately had him kind of running out of gas a little bit by by the time game seven rolled around. So I just would have been fascinated to see how he would have done that. And that includes, like you said, h- how would he have used Michael Porter Jr.? Um, would Torrey Craig have gotten a lot more um, of that run, especially if they're playing a team like Houston, which we talked a little bit about last week of, um, you know, how do you try to tackle 
James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Well, you probably have to put the the one guy on the floor that's done a pretty decent job of defending both of those, and that and that's Tory Craig. So those are that that's that's another thing that that I would have wanted to see, um, and, and we'll be kind of bummed if we don't get to see that just because it's it would be only his second time as a head coach in the playoffs. So you know, like we always ask, what did what did these players learn from their playoff experience? Well, I'd be really interested to see what Michael Malone. Um, learn it, it, before we go on. Is there is there any like kind of last thing that you're just going to be like this season ends? You're just like man, I really wish. Um, maybe probably just for you covering the playoffs. <laughs> I'm I, yeah. T- I mean, I think that that is definitely something. It's my first year on the beat, and it's been an interesting first year for sure. I mean, I think just that experience for myself would have been great. But also just as a basketball fan in general, I mean, this was one of like the first year in a while. I think that we. Like, I think we could kind of guess who's going to go to the Western Conference Finals, who is going to go to the finals, but it wasn't going to be the Warriors and it wasn't going to be the Cavaliers. And so I think that was going to be kind of a fun experience to watch different teams battle it out. You know, who was I wanted to see the Lakers, you know, see if they were going to get it over the Clippers or vice versa. And I just think in general, just as a lover of basketball it's kind of you know it's it's going to be really really disappointing if we don't get any anymore yeah and and from a nuggets perspective like could they have flipped this switch like you know exactly. like they weren't they weren't playing well like what wh- were they going to be able to figure this out like were they going to be able to write the ship start playing better go into the playoffs um with some momentum although i i don't think there's really a necessarily a correlation correlation between how you end a regular season and how you play in the playoffs but just just from the perspective of were they going to get into the the a playoff matchup having learned from their last year's playoff experience and and really surprise some people um you know cuz i just i frankly was was at the point when the season ended i just i just didn't really necessarily buy them as a team that could truly march to the western conference finals um but but again, that that's why you play. That they there maybe there were some surprises yeah. up the sleeve. Maybe Jokic hits an even higher level. Maybe Jamal Murray plays with a consistency um, similar to how he was playing over the last fifteen games of the year, and, and just really brought that into the playoffs. Maybe Jeremy Grant was the answer that that everybody was looking for in terms of finding ways to match up against an opponent's perimeter players. All those things are just things. If the playoffs don't happen, we won't get to see. So that that would be that would be a bummer. Um, but yeah. again, that's that's the reality we're looking at. So let's shift now to something you wrote, and we'll kind of go through this one a little bit more quickly. But the idea of of okay, so if we have to look back at the season, and and always just remember this as as the season that had no playoffs, that was a a regular season um, that got stopped short, that was sixty five games in. Uh, there was still a lot to take away from it. Um, as crazy as it would be, it, it would always have kind of a. I think a special place in, in the eyes of history down the road because of what happened in the world at the time the season occurred. Um, and, and you put a nice piece together today about the 10, 10 different things um, that you'll remember, um, you know, and it's hard to argue with, with the one that you had at the top. And, that, and that's the win, the win <laughs> that the Nuggets had uh, in Utah when they had only seven players who played in that game. Two of them were, were G League players and Vlaco Chanchar and PJ Dozier or, or two way players playing both ends. And, um, you know, Nikola Jokic hits, hits a game winning shot over, over Rudy Gobert with a minute to go. Um, you know, and that, that, that was just one of the more wild nights I've, I've ever kind of covered, covered the league. Michael Malone told me a, a, a little bit later on that, um, you know, it's something that he'll, he'll never, he'll never forget. Um, but I just kind of wanted to throw in, you know, it was, was, Wild to me, this game that I covered in Phoenix, um, I, I, I watched in a little bit of a different way 
Uh, it was around December, a little bit before Christmas. Um, really just trying to watch it from the eyes of Michael Malone. So because they put you right on the floor in Phoenix, my idea was to just watch the entire thing from from his vantage point. So I was I was watching the floor kind of out of the corner of my eye, but always seeing how he navigated every single possession, every single you know timeout, and all this kind of stuff. And so to to watch that whole game, watch how it unfolded, unfolded seeing him kind of compartmentalize everything in his mind, and then at the last moment, as as the as the Suns are down by two, trying to win the game on the last possession, throwing in throwing Jeremy Grant into the mix at the last second, and to see him run onto the floor, and then as the ball is inbound and run out to the three point line and have a game game winning block of Devin Devin Booker, it was just wild from from basically start to finish to see kind of a the in the imprint a coach can have uh, on a game, and so th- that that will always kind of stick out to me, even though you'll say a December game against the Phoenix Suns ultimately um, <laughs> not real meaningful, but um, you know, and putting that together, what were some of the you know, if not maybe necessarily you know, the ones like that, that just stick all the way out. What were some maybe kind of the under the radar moments that, that you'll remember from this season? Man, there's, I feel like there's a good amount. I was, I was actually having trouble think coming up with all of these because I was like, I just, I didn't want to forget one. And I was like, I feel like I'm forgetting something that probably happened. And like you said, you know, yours, the one you were just talking about happened in December. Like there's probably one in, you know, November or something that I'm just completely forgetting about and I don't really remember and all this stuff. I I don't know. I think most of the ones that I that kind of stuck out to me I I, I really put in there, but I think one part of um the Milwaukee game, I, I put the Milwaukee game in there, the one that the Nuggets won in Milwaukee on the second night of a back to back. Uh they got into their hotel at like four AM and, and I was there in Milwaukee and I was sitting on court courtside watching the warmups and Will Barton comes and sits next to me. He goes, man, I'm so effing tired right now. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, man. Like, I, I mean, I can imagine he goes, but don't worry. Don't, don't, don't worry. We're, we're going to get it. We're going to, we're going to be fine. I'm like, okay, like, cool. Great. Have a good game, whatever. And then after the game, he goes, Hey, Kendra, I told you, I told you. Right. And I was like, yeah, you told me. And then I think it was the next or two nights later, uh, when they, they won, or no, they lost um, in Detroit just a couple nights later. And again, in the locker room after the game, Will Barton told Mike Singer, who writes for the Denver Post and I, we asked him, he's like, did tiredness or anything have any have any factor into this? And he goes, if anyone tells you that we're tired, they're lying. This has nothing to do with it. as all this stuff. And I think that, was, that wasn't necessarily a moment on the court but I'll, that I'll never forget. But that was definitely something from this season off the court uh, that I'll always remember, just that kind of interaction of, to that conversation. Yeah, no. And it, and it was during a wild time. I think with some of these th- things that mirrored last season was just, you know, you have a stretch where the team is severely shorthanded um, and, and they, you know, they get through it by, you know, having a lot of guys step up when they're injured. Um, you know, I think this season to me, will another thing that you'll look back on is that is the trade of Malik Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez and kind of how, right. how that all went down. Um you know, there will always be fair, you know, fair questions, I think, fair second guessing about whether they could have really helped Malik Beasley in particular uh, find a role within this team. And, um, you know, th- there's a lot of things about his game that continue to need work. Um, and they were things that I think this this particular staff had a hard time, um, you know, stomaching, uh, you know, th- they're his sort of um, 
you know, I guess lack of game plan discipline defensively at times, um, his, his inability at times to, to really try to stay in front of ball handlers, uh, and, mm-hmm. and some of those mistakes that just sort of, you know, drive Michael Malone crazy. And I, and I think that's kind of sometimes why he couldn't get the extended run, um, you know, that he enjoyed at certain points last year. Um, but again, he, he's a guy that can be a dynamic scorer, a dynamic shooter. Um, so that, you know, the fact that he, got traded when when really it seemed going into the year and, and especially last year while he was really kind of turning it on was you know this guy might be an important future piece of this team and and so we'll we'll never we'll never get to know that and the way that that trade went uh particularly when the nuggets really just didn't I mean didn't really pull anything back from it for the immediate um for immediate use in a season where they're saying we're we're trying to we're trying to contend and and you certainly could not say that they're this season's roster got any better at the trade deadline. Um, you know, that uh, another reason why I always kind of thought that the Nuggets, again, th- there, there was, there was this thought that, Hey, w- why can't we go try to win a championship? But I, but I think the reality inside of that building was always this, this probably isn't our year. We still have to find a way to infuse more talent onto this roster. We still have to get a little bit better with some of the guys that we have, you know, Jamal Murray as, as a 23 year old point guard has to, has to get better. Um, you know, we, we need a couple, a couple of these guys to, to improve their game. But as you look at the nuggets now, it's a team that the more or less these guys on the roster right now, I'm not saying they can't in, improve and, and get better at little things here and there, but I think, largely this is a this is a group of players that this is kind of what they're going to be and i think the the mm-hmm. one of those with the most opportunity maybe to take another leap is jamal murray um but but i think overall this is a team that's kind of um kind of where it's going to be and so that that's another thing that uh that i'll always wonder about is could they have could they have infused something else but hey if there's no playoffs it probably doesn't <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> last thing i want to hit on not. last thing i want to hit on before before we before we end this one today is um Nikola Jokic and and you know there's talk now that the that the awards if, if there is no playoffs that's that's kind of the theme of today if there's no playoffs so then right. then the awards I think that would get handed out for the regular season should they continue to do those um, are just based on what what we've seen um, you know Nikola Jokic obviously another fantastic year through 65 games some of his struggles early in the season and then even even right before the hiatus um, notwithstanding he he was phenomenal. This season, do you see him as any any having any shot of the being in the MVP conversation? Look, I I think he's definitely a candidate and should be considered. Um, and 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 this is this has been a I don't want to say a problem, but the Nuggets on a more national and widespread scale haven't. I mean, I think a lot of people in Denver. You know, I've been saying, okay, yeah, maybe they could be title contenders, at least at the beginning of the season, you know, then it gets rolling and stuff. Can he be a guy like Giannis or LeBron James or something, someone like that in the MVP race right now? I don't know, but I definitely think that he should be in consideration for this. Because like you said, I mean, he just had a crazy good season yet again. I mean, he shook off whatever rust or whatever was happening, and then he just showed up. Um, one of my, one of my highlights from this season was those back-to-back game winners. He is their, their clutch player, their go-to player. And who else has a, like a seven foot clutch crunch time. He's going to take the last shot player. Like no one, he's just a completely different animal. And so I think that you can't not consider him, but do I think that they're going to pick him over a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo or LeBron James? I just don't know. Uh, they're not. 
um, <laughs> he, he won't right. like, he, he won't, he won't be, uh, he won't be really in that mix as even much as he might've been last year. I, I, my, I think the, I think the bigger question is, is whether he's, he's going to be the first team all NBA center for the second year in a row. I, I think Giannis will win the MVP. I, th- I think mm-hmm. LeBron might give him, give him a run where Jokic will finish ultimately in that thing. Can he be a top, top three, top four, top five player? Uh, I don't know. I think there's more guys that probably inch their way in front of him this year just because of, uh, you know, a guy like Kawhi Leonard who moved, has put up great numbers with the Clippers despite the fact that he, you know, he misses some games, which I, I do think uh, should go a little bit into Jokic's favor that he's always on the court. Um, you know, James Harden, obviously you can't ignore, again, the massive numbers that he puts up. But I, I think Nikola certainly ha- would have a have a say as a top five MVP finisher um, this year, obviously. Um, you know, we know that he was he was in fourth last year, uh, probably right right back in that mix. And I, I as far as the the first team All NBA center, I think he's I think he's the guy over Joel mm-hmm. Embiid for a second straight year. Um, you know, Jokic averaged twenty two, <clears throat> I'm sorry, twenty point two points per game, ten point two rebounds, uh, and six point nine assists. He was even more efficient as a shooter this year, fifty three percent from the field. He upticked his three point shooting to thirty one percent over thirty percent last year. Again, that was still kind of the one area that if he had been able to be a little bit more consistent there, then then you see the the point total go up. But um, you know, Jokic again put up about the same numbers he did last year on a team that had the same record as you had mentioned through this point in the season. Whereas Embiid, I think he, his his scoring average dipped a little bit by about four points per game. Um, you know, almost two fewer rebounds, less assists. Um, obviously, he missed a bunch of games. Played in only forty four games to Jokic's sixty five. I I think Nikola is probably um, an easy choice for first team All NBA center. Um, which you know, hey, for a for a former second round pick from Serbia to to be a back to back first team All NBA selection would be uh would be pretty darn special yeah so that i mean i think i and and to me that that he's probably the only guy in my mind um that is gonna have gonna be in that kind of postseason awards mix um you know will barton was a guy that that maybe um most improved player was was giving himself maybe an early consideration for that or, or whatever but um i i to me i don't think there's any other players and that's that's again kind of goes back to my thing of the, the the Nuggets have a lot of good players and and they play a they play a good system of basketball that's built around around Nikola Jokic but um, again only one All Star and and I just think that there there could be uh, an upgrade of talent on this roster and as 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 it goes into the season if this truly is it I think that's what the Nuggets have to kind of look at um, going into the season but. We will see. Uh, that's going to be it for us today. We really appreciate you guys, uh, again, all joining us. We'll be here uh, every week and uh, c- continue to keep it locked in. And don't re- don't forget, if you go to theathletic.com right now, you can sign up for a free 90-day trial. 90 days free, uh, and you can read all the great content that myself, Kendra, and all of our writers, both here in Denver and across the country, are continuing to put out um, You know, as we wait for, for sports to continue. So until next time, thanks for stopping by. Thank you.